0: Welcome to a brand new edition of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. Barking Wolves and Watford on the beach at Molyneux. A disgraceful showing by Watford Football Club on the pitch in the game against Wolves. Wolves 4, Watford nil. That's the subject of this brand new edition of Yuuuudes! Next. (laughs) Welcome back to a brand new edition of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. Barking Wolves and Watford on the beach at Molyneux. It was a miserable night for Watford. They did not show up at all for this game. As Watford just did not care on the pitch. They didn't care. They didn't show up. No heart, no desire, no fight. No willingness to work as a team. And individuals playing on a pitch for their wages and nothing more. Not for the shirt, not for the club, not for the team, and not for the fans. They played for themselves and their wages. That is what happened tonight at Molyneux in a very distressing performance. Very distressing to watch this. Whether you were at Molyneux or whether you were where I was here in San Francisco, California. It was a very distressing football match to watch. The performance of Watford was absolutely shocking. That of schoolboys, it was that bad. This was different from the game against Arsenal because against Arsenal, there was some fight. It was just those individual mistakes that hurt us. But tonight, it was all about the team that did not show up together as a unit, that did not defend as a block, that were at sixes and sevens, and did not have a clue about what the next move was on the chessboard. They were being checkmated left, right, and center in the second half by a Wolves side that had gone three consecutive games without a win. In fact, they lost all three of those games, most recently against Crystal Palace at home just the other day at Marnu. Well, Watford should have known that Wolves were ready to try to turn that around and put that right, and that Watford were seen as the prey for Wolves, and it was proven true. In fact, wolves do not bark, they howl. So, I must correct myself. And those howling wolves destroyed Watford. Absolutely destroyed Watford. In the second half of the game, only scoring one goal to do it in that second half. But the damage had been done at halftime. And the vast majority of that damage was self-inflicted. Watford did not care about what they were doing. They just wanted to get through the game and get back on the team bus. And it was evident that they do not care. It was showing very clearly in the game that Watford on the pitch did not care about anything to do with the team's predicament. About the fans who had come up to Molyneux to see them. And about the state of this club, which is quite frankly now in some very, very bad disarray, to say the least. The ownership is not communicating with fans. The board is not making, I think, wise choices outside of the players they recruited and got, I should say, in January of this year. Three very good signings. Make it four if you add Kalu. The board has not done nearly enough to keep this team in the Premier League. Granted, we know that the economic situation at the club is not the best, to say the very least. Granted, we know that the club is doing what it can with the finances it has. Granted, we know that for years under the Potso ownership, this is the way that Watford have done things. And yes, we know that on the vast majority of occasions over the last 10 years, what the potso family has done for Watford is immeasurable. We also know that for the vast majority of those years, what Gino has done has worked for the most part. But it is very clear over this last almost one year, over these last nine months for sure, that things are not working very well as far as the player situation is concerned. It was a patchwork quilt out there on Thursday night and you could see it from wherever you were on the planet, wherever you were in the world, that these group of players did not care enough. They didn't care at all for the shirt, for the team, for the fans. Emmanuel Dennis dribbling by himself and not passing the ball, not taking a shot, Emmanuel Dennis, again, a very poor performance from him. Just like it against Arsenal, poor. Every single one of these players was poor at Molyneux. They have, in my view, seeded their place in the Premier League. That's how they played tonight. They played as if they did not care about whether or not Watford FC... We're going to stay in the Premier League, or whether they weren't. They did not care about whether or not Watford were going down. They didn't. This performance tonight was very clear about that. Very clear. And I think no matter what goes on in training, there is some toxicity in that dressing room. And I think that Emmanuel Dennis is a part of that. I think that Josh King is a part of that. And something is going on in that dressing room. Something is definitely going on in that Watford dressing room. And I think that Musa Sissoko, as captain, has lost part of that dressing room. This team has lost 19, one 9 games this season, 19 defeats. In a Premier League season where Watford FC have played 28 games. Very simply put, they have lost more than half their games this season, they've lost roughly two thirds of their games if not just a little bit more than that. Just a little bit more than two-thirds of their games they have lost. It is very difficult, as optimistic as I am, and I will remain that until it is no longer possible for this team to stay in the Premier League. It is very difficult to see how they're going to. But I am going to continue to believe in them. Yes, I'm going to continue to think that they could finish mid-table. It is still mathematically possible. It is highly unlikely, but it is mathematically possible. And it's still very much possible that they can stay in this Premier League. But this performance at Molyneux has shown me as one Watford fan on this planet that very clearly these players do not care. There may be some players who care, but they did not manifest that on that pitch against the Wolves players. Wolves did not have to work very hard at all for any of their goals in that first half. Now, granted, the first goal was a really good finish from Raul. Very good footwork. No question about it. But those other two goals that followed within about six minutes after the first Wolves goal showed me a sign of a team that has tanked it. They totally tanked this game in my view. Because with the situation as dire as it is, as dire as it was before this game, you would have thought that these Watford players would have come out with some energy and urgency and desperation away from home where they've played much better this season. You would have thought that these Watford players would have stood up and been counted you would have thought that with everything that is at stake for this club and for this team, you would have thought that these Watford players would have shown enough fight, enough spirit, enough desire, and enough passion to play their football and get at this Wolves side that had lost three consecutive games, including one at Molyneux just a few days ago. But no. Oh no. They went home and they turned tail and ran. They did not turn up tonight at Molyneux. Absolutely scandalous that that happened. There is no excuse for this. There's no excuse for this kind of performance. No excuse for not putting in a shift. No excuse for any of these players. I do not want to hear about how professional some players are because if they are professional, they would have kicked the other players up the backside and told them to get in gear and fight for this team and fight for the shirt and fight for the badge and fight for the club and fight for the fans. That is what professionals do. Professionals challenge each other in these times. Professionals stick together, challenge each other, and they take leadership positions. There isn't only one leader, there never has to be just one leader at any football club. There's your captain, but the captain has to also have other people who are willing to get in people's faces and tell them, hey, look, pull your weight. Challenge each other. That didn't happen. It obviously did not happen because what you saw and what I saw on that pitch at Molyneux was a clear example of nobody taking responsibility. Nobody. Only three or four players stayed at the end to clap off the fans and give their shirts to them. Only three or four players did that. Cabaselli, Camera, and Sissoko. And Craig Cathcart was there clapping off fans as well, from what I saw. But where were the rest of the players? I'm going to come back, and when I do, I'm going to play you the comments of Roy Hodgson... As he spoke to BBC Sport after this game. And you'll hear from Roy Hodgson right after this. Howling Wolves and Watford on the Beach at Molyneux. Wolves 4, Watford nil. A night to forget, but so much to remember. It's very clear, as I said in the first block, that the Watford players did not care tonight. They just didn't. Here's further evidence of that. I saw Ben Foster clowning and smiling after his error in goal that led to that third goal in the first half. Watford had conceded three goals in a nine-minute stretch there, in that first half and that was the game done and dusted 3-0 after 21 minutes or so and Ben Foster was smirking why why ben foster will not be at watford after this season is over when the end of june comes his contract is up he is got he's gone he's finished he will move on josh king when he had A massive chance in the first half. Bearing down on goal. With the goal right in front of him. He mashes the ball over the bar. Over the crossbar. Nowhere near the goal. The goal's right in front of him and he chooses to smash the ball over the crossbar. And he had a big grin on his face after he did that. Josh King does not care. I said to you that I think that there is something very toxic in that dressing room. And I think that Emmanuel Dennis and Josh King are a large part of that. That's what I think. We've already seen on the pitch this season, Josh King and João Pedro getting at it back and forth on the pitch at the Vic. We've seen that. There's obviously dissent between and amongst some of the players in that Watford dressing room. Adam Leavenfall of the Atlantic, I'm sure, will talk about this. He already has talked about it and reported about it several weeks and months ago. And I'm sure that no matter what happens at the end of this season, you will hear much more about that dissent in the Watford ranks in that dressing room. Certainly from Adam and others, even before perhaps the season is over, but certainly as the season ends, no matter where Watford are, you will be hearing about more dissent, you'll hear it, the full details of it, you'll get all kinds of stories coming out of that dressing room between players who didn't like each other, who didn't want to work together, And who couldn't care less. I think there's players in that club. In that team. Right now. Who could not care less. About what happens to this team. And what happens to this club. You could see how. The Watford players were playing as individuals. I think that they have resigned themselves. To their fate. 10 games early. Some might say they resigned themselves. To their fate. When Claudia Ranieri took over. Of all of the managers that have come through Vicarage Road this season, it turns out that the most liked and beloved of them is Cisco Munoz. Cisco is now managing another team and doing reasonably well, I might add, at that venture. But now Roy Hodgson is the Watford manager. And while three clean sheets in the first six games was impressive, and you could see the structure that Roy was building, now there is no balance at all. None in defense and none going forward. There never was any going forward under Roy Hodgson. And despite the two goals against Arsenal the other day, Watford reverted to the scoreless catastrophe, the scoreless catastrophe that they have been now, ever since they got rid of Ranieri. At least under Ranieri, they were scoring goals. The problem was they were conceding too many. Now, under Hodgson, they're conceding too many and scoring none. Just when Roy was getting the balance right. I don't think this was Roy Hodgson's fault tonight. It was not Roy's fault. And I'm going to play now, as promised... The interview that Roy Hodgson gave to BBC Sport right after the game ended, and the final score, of course, again, need I remind you, was Wolves 4, Watford 0. And here is what the Watford manager, Roy Hodgson, had to say about all of it right after the game to BBC Sport. Well, Roy, where do you start when it comes to
1: analysing a, a performance and a result like that? Well, I think you start by analysing the performance and uh, basically the performance is going to be severely judged on the fact that we conceded four goals. But in actual fact, strangely enough, we didn't concede four goals because they laid siege to our goal. We conceded four goals because we had a big hand ourselves in in, in two of them and then of course the fourth one which comes right at the end is a a wonderful chip from a, a quality player. But of course there's lots of things in our performance which we need to be better at, there's no question of that. You know, We're we're playing a team quite high on the table, we've got quality players who have got confidence, we are perhaps a bit low on confidence, but uh, the only consolation for us could have been if we could have got out in the second half and kept it to 3-0 or even pegged the goal back. Uh, I'm disappointed for the players in particular, that the hard work they put in to, to make certain that a confident Wolves with three goals still in the lead, without having much chance of losing that lead, they could have really punished us in the second half, but we, we didn't allow them to do that. Three
0: goals in the space of just over eight minutes in the first half. How concerned were you with the way that the team just seemed to lose their way after, after the first goal?
1: Did we? I mean, I don't know. I'll have to look at it. I'll have to watch it over. I'm not, you know, at the moment I'm answering questions that, you know, you obviously saw it better than I did. I didn't really get the impression that we particularly lost our way. Uh, we'd been doing okay up to the first goal. It did hit our confidence, especially that second goal coming so shortly after and then the third. But quite frankly, I don't know of many teams in the league that wouldn't, have some dent to their confidence when that happens, unless they happen to be sitting very high and pretty at the top of the table and maybe they can shrug it off. But we can't. You know, We know that we've got to do our level best to keep a clean sheet, to work very hard, to take any chance that comes our way. And when that's not happening, um, obviously the players are going to suffer from a lack of confidence. And what do you do then to ensure that that lack of confidence stays here, is left here at Molyneux and doesn't continue mm. forward? That's a very good question. and All you can do really is try to encourage the players and make certain that if there were any good bits in the game today, any passages of play or any aspect of our defending, which was good, we'll highlight that, of course. Um, But most importantly of all, we have to make clear to them that this game has gone and there's not much we can do about it. We could compound everything by letting this affect us in the coming games, but we don't have to. So that will be up to us, when I say us, I mean the coaching staff, but in particular the players, to make certain that you know they, they grieve for today's results, they, they are critical perhaps in certain areas of their own performances, but then they, they put it behind so that when we go out to South, at Southampton on Sunday that we start on a level playing field, it's nil nil, and we'll try and go from that.
0: And that was Roy Hodgson, the Watford manager, right after the thumping defeat that Watford suffered at Molyneux against Wolves. Wolves saw Watford as the perfect tonic to, ail- curate- to cure what ailed them after the three consecutive defeats that Wolves suffered. And Watford just played their part as a bunch of sacrificial lambs to the slaughter as Watford did not turn up for this game. I think Roy Hodgson being very kind there because I think what Roy Hodgson is doing now is protecting the players publicly. But I think behind the scenes in that dress room, he's giving them a good hiding or perhaps Ray Lewington is because people will say, well, what do you do at this stage? Do you have a go at the players or do you just kind of be easy on them? I I think you've just got to crack the whip with these players. I mean, you may as well. These guys are going to be out the door anyway. So, guaranteed, I think no matter what happens this season, at the end of the season, whether Watford stay up or whether they don't, these players are going to be gone. I think they're going to be gone. And I think what's going to happen is you're going to have a clear out of all of these players. Maybe only five of these players stay behind. Camera probably stays. I think there's a good chance Samir might stay. And I think that there's a good chance that someone like Jao Pedro would stay and Hernandez might stay. I think you build a team around Jao Pedro and you get younger and you have the goalkeeper that you'll have, which is Maduka Okoye. You'll have him in between the sticks for Watford next season. And you'll have a load of youngsters. And you just have to rebuild. Maybe you keep a veteran here or there. I don't know if Craig Cathcart would stick around again. Kiko Femenia probably stays. He loves Watford. He loves the way that things that the, the club has treated him, and I think he he's well settled here. So I think Kiko would stay. And I think you build around players like Ja Pedro. Kutchka, you can get rid of. Josh King, you can get rid of. Emmanuel Dennis is probably going to go anyway. Is Myla Saar, currently injured? I would love to think that Watford could keep a hold of him, but I severely doubt that, especially if Watford are not in the Premier League at the end of this season. I severely doubt it. But if Watford do stay in the Premier League at the end of this season, I would be making sure that I give heaven and earth to make sure that Ismail star Sar, yeah, my the Star, yeah. my the Saar stays in the Watford fold. I know that money is a challenge for Watford, but I would be going after Saar to keep him if Watford stay in the Premier League. If they don't stay in the Premier League, he's gonna be as good as gone. I'd be shocked if Saar sticks around. But I think certainly if Watford do not stay in the division, Emmanuel Dennis is gone. And quite frankly, for all the good things Emmanuel Dennis has done for much of the season, it has become increasingly evident to me and I dare say to a number of other Watford fans that he's a selfish football player. I think that was the player that Claudio Ranieri was alluding to in his final post-match interview when after the game against Wolves that Watford were embarrassed in, had their pants pulled down in the Vic 3-0 in January. Ranieri said, there are players who just dribble, 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 don't want to listen to my philosophy, don't want to play the way I want them to play. And I think Emmanuel Dennis is one of those players. I think he was referring directly to Emmanuel Dennis, without mentioning his name. It was a tough night, and it was always going to be a difficult night, when you heard that Jean Pedro, because he had tested positive for COVID, literally yesterday, under Premier League protocols, you are not allowed to play if you tested positive within 24 hours or so before match day. So even though Jean Pedro on Tuesday, excuse me, on Thursday, March 10th, 2022, tested negative. Because he had tested positive 24 hours before, he could not play under Premier League COVID protocols. So, João Pedro was not a part of things at Molyneux on Thursday night. That he will be raring to go on Sunday. So that meant that Josh King was always going to start but I really was hoping for Carlou to start. Although when Carlo came on in the second half, he just did not really get a foothold into the game and did not get really any time on the ball at all. I didn't think he really touched the ball at all in the entire second half. But Josh King was subbed off. And when Josh Josh when Josh King was subbed off for Carlo, and when Josh King missed that chance in the first half and he's grinning. You should have substituted him right there, Roy. Josh King is not your answer. He will continue to go scoreless for Watford since November. And if you continue to start Josh King, Roy, you are going to get more of what you got at Molyneux on Thursday night. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get a player... Who just doesn't have it in front of goal. He's lost his marbles. In front of goal. And he doesn't know where the goal is. Short of confidence. Doesn't have the desire. Doesn't have the hunger. Is not putting himself about. He may hold up the ball here and there. But he does not put himself about. In the box and assert himself. When it comes to goal. And it's inexplicable. Why you would have a player continue to start for you when he's not scored in over three months. As I said before, and I've said this on YouTube, and please subscribe to the u Ons WFC YouTube channel. I've said this there, and I've said this in other places. You have to sit Josh King. You have to make him fight for his place. Make him fight for a starting place. Make him prove to you that he is hungry enough, that he has enough desire and passion and interest in wanting to fight for his place. But you don't do that when you allow him to start these games because he will take his starting place for granted. I understand the circumstances were such that you had to start him in the game against Wolves. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you don't bench him, when João Pedro is available on Sunday against Southampton, you are sending everybody a message that Josh King is untouchable. That cannot be sitting well with Jao Pedro, having Josh King starting ahead of him when he, Josh King that is, has not scored since late November and João Pedro has scored on three occasions this season. Two of them, since Josh King's last goal for this club. The goal against Newcastle and the goal, of course, in the FA Cup against Leicester City. Which, by the way, was the last team that Josh King scored against in that snowball game, as I say. Always. I call it the snowball. The game at Leicester in the Premier League that Watford lost 4-2. The one, you know, where Truster Kong ducked under the ball There is a lot to dissect about this team. There is a lot to dissect about this club and the board. And of course, Watford fans, if they really do not like what's going on at Watford, should be making it very clear, not only on social media, but at the Vic itself. There are lots of fan bases who have brought their banners and peacefully made their statement about what they feel about the owners of their clubs. And I think that if Watford fans want to see a change in ownership or a change in the board, they are going to have to register their displeasure in a peaceful way at the Vic itself. That's what they're going to have to do. And maybe then the owner and the board will take notice. But as long as Watford fans complain on social media, get upset, which they have every right to do, and don't voice any concern at the Vic itself and don't decide, hey, look, we're not going to turn up at these games anymore. The owners are always going to take the fans for granted. If Watford fans decided that they weren't going to show up at the Vic or that they weren't going to buy any more seats at the Vic or season tickets at the Vic or any tickets at the Vic at all, Guarantee you, I guarantee you, the owners will take notice of those fans. They will notice those empty seats. That's what they'll take notice of. So if fans really want to have a say and register their displeasure, if you see the Vic empty or half empty in the next few weeks, I'm sure the owners would take notice. The owner would take notice and the board would. But the fact of the matter is, is that not enough Watford fans are willing to do that. And so the board knows exactly what is up here. And they will just laugh that off. The owner will just laugh it off and shrug it off because no one is willing to do that. We love the club too much. We love this football club too much. I love this club too much. And the vast majority of Watford fans love this club too much to even think about raising a pinky finger of a banner. They wouldn't put a pinky finger on a banner and raise it at the Vic. They just won't do it. Because I don't think the fans have that kind of courage to do it, quite frankly. We're a family club. We don't want to make any waves. And people are going to say, well, look, the Potsos have been so good over these years, how can we ever dare protest them? And there is a lot of goodwill that Gina Pozzo has, there's no question. But what we've seen on the pitch for the bulk of this season and what we have seen in some of the decision-making that is being done by the board with the way that they've treated these interns that they're not going to pay, unless that situation has changed and I'm not aware of it, it's a despicable move to not pay interns who are full-time. That whole American Airlines promotion was another problem, telling Watford fans to dress up as Americans and they can win a prize. Not dress up as the best-dressed Watford fans, but dress up as Americans at Vicarage Road. That's another thing that went wrong this season. And there are a number of others as well. Watford have done some very good things with the family club and these owners have done some positive things. Whether it's with the celebration of Anne Swanson and all of her hard work over decades for the family enclosure that's now named after her, whether it's all the other initiatives of the WFC Community Trust, which is an excellent organization, all of those things are excellent. What is not excellent is the way that this team is constructed on the pitch, and that must be put right. As a reminder, please follow. Yours truly, Omar Moore on Twitter at uorns wfc, on Instagram at uorns wfc, subscribe to the uorns wfc. YouTube channel. And don't forget that you can visit uorns.com to buy merchandise from this podcast, all designed by yours truly. And for news and views and Watford reports from yours truly, please go to uornswfc.wordpress.com. That's it for now. What an unforgettable night in all the wrong ways. Until Sunday at Southampton, I'm Omar Moore saying "Y Wheres for
1: Watford, this is a really, really crunch game hugely significant match as time is running out for them to edge their way above that dotted line and to safety and to avoid dropping straight back down into the championship after just one season.